This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CMB Preferred. BFM 89.9, it's 7.07 on a lovely Wednesday morning, 30th of November, and you're listening to The Morning Run, and the person that just sneezes is Chong Jensen. In front of me is Keith Kam, and I'm Wong Xiaoning. But let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. So for US markets, they ended mixed as investors await jobs data coming later this week, as well as Fed Chair's Jerome Powell's speech tonight for clues on future rate hikes. The Dow was up marginally by 0.01%. The S&P 500 was down 0.2%. The Nasdaq was down 0.6%. In Asia markets, the Nikkei was down 0.5%. The Hang Seng was up 5.2%. The Shanghai Composite was up 2.3%, perhaps uh, perhaps on hopes that the protests will spur in the reopening. And the Straits Times Index was was down 1.1% and our very own FBM KLCI was down 0.6%. So for more on where international markets are heading, we speak to Jack Cousy, Director for Strategy at DFS Group. Good morning, Jack. Always good to speak to you. Let's talk about the American markets versus the US markets because the S&P 500 has traded lower this week, partially due to speculations that markets may have underestimated the chances of higher rates going forward. Now, Powell's testimony tonight is going to be key to giving us clues in terms of the monetary policy direction. What stance do you think he will take? Good morning. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, Yes, Chairman Powell, what do you have uh, in stake for us? I think he's going to try to thread the needle here. Um, I think you're right. I think we're underestimating the chances of rate hikes definitely in 2023. And I still believe there's further rate hikes to go, uh, particularly in the US as they try to stamp inflation. I'm actually going to be up um, for the address because the Socceroos are playing uh, at 2 a.m. our time (laughs) to qualify for the uh, next round of the World Cup. But uh, I think he wants to thread the needle. I don't think he wants to dampen the rally that we had, you know, in October and, and kind of the stability that we've seen in the markets. But I don't think he also wants you know, a massive pop to the upside of 5 to 10%. So I think he's going to be quite cautious um, without trying to put a dampener on the market. But I think the market is still forecasting that we're going to see some interest rate hikes in the new year, depending on, on the data that we're getting. Now, I look around, though, and I look at some of these forward indicators, and I look at commodities in particular, West Essex crude, copper, iron ore, lumber, all these prices have come way off. In fact, lumber is now at pre-COVID rates. So the market's starting to see this inflation come down, and I think we're going to set up for a nice year in 2023. But I think tonight, Chairman Powell's going to try to thread the needle and not balance to either side uh, either way. And Jack, last week we saw institutional clients and hedge funds pouring money into stocks while retail clients continue to sell off. What do you see this resulting in eventually? Well, it's good because, you know, say what you want about the retail arm and it's lovely that they've come in. The institutional hand is a very calm hand to the markets. So the fact that institutionals are starting to flood back into the market means they're seeing value and they're seeing some type of, you know, green pastures in 2023. Um, For those retail clients out there, you know, my advice is, you know, look at some quality stocks because some quality names are really, you know, trading at a, at a discount and that's where I'd be, be concentrating but it's good to see institutional money coming off the sidelines um, because it is a steady hand for markets going forward okay Jack I'm not going to let you go off so easily so where should we put our money then look I still think a, I still think a rally is dependent on the big caps mm. um, 
you know, and I, and I hate to be boring, but I still like those big market names. Microsoft. Boring is good, Jack. We like boring. We just want yes. to make money. And so what, what boring? Boring does well. Boring does well. Um, you know, I still think the big cap names are where you want to be parking your money. I still like semiconductors in terms of long term. Um, but if I was going to spend my last $10, I wouldn't go outside of Google, Microsoft and, of course, Apple. Uh, Jack, protests over COVID curbs are causing investors to consider a de-risking of Chinese assets. Is this a smart strategy or an overreaction to what is happening over there? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I follow China very, very closely. It's unprecedented. I mean, what we're seeing at the moment is just, it's just we've never seen it. Um, widespread protests all around in, in the major cities of China. Um and it's, it's, it's something that you can't go back in history and have a look at, well, you know, what's happened previously because we've never seen anything like this. Mm. We did see some type of easing from um, the CCP yesterday or, or some kind words about, you know, looking at reopening, vaccinating um, higher-aged uh, citizens. My thought process is that if I was had, had to make a, a prediction, I think protests will quell rather than escalate um, and that would signal that you know they're going to have some type of short-term plan to reopen which would only be good for the economy good for the world and good for chinese stocks but jack uh, the response from uh, the the ccp government to these protests is to preempt them and and put a very strong police presence in in place I, yeah. I mean, I, I fear that this would only be something of a, of a band-aid over what the problem is. Are investors uh, convinced? Look, when you invest in China, you invest in their companies, but you also invest in a system of government, you know, whether you like that or not. Um, now, it, look, I'll be very plain with you. If the protests continue and you start to see even more widespread protests and even more police or military on the streets, that's not a great thing for the market. That's not a great thing for that people. If I had to make a prediction, knowing what I know, um, I believe eventually these, these, these protests will quell down if they see some action on COVID. And I know there are other policies at stake here, Um but if I was looking at it from purely investment point of view, which you can't do all the time, my anticipation is that that these protests will curl and will go back to normal. Okay, but uh, Jack, at the same time, right, we are seeing disruptions in in key factories, especially those that manufacture Apple products, especially yeah. those related to Foxconn. So what does this then mean for supply chains for the holiday season? And in particular, Apple, how impacted are they going to be since they are going to be facing a 6 million iPhone shortfall as a result? Yeah, well, some people are saying 15 million now. I read a report this morning that they, you know, if you include the iPhone um, Pro Max, it could be a shortfall of 15 million. Um, I think there are two areas. I think think inventories are up, right? When you look at consumer goods or consumer retails, let's just leave Apple there for a side. I think inventories are actually quite stacked around the world. Um, because of the decreased demand that we've seen. So I think in most areas, we're going to be okay getting our Christmas goods. That, that's my opinion at the moment. Apple is a key story. Yeah, they're going to face a shortfall. Uh, and what we've seen from Apple previously is when they faced these type of disruptions, their quarter, or their earnings quarter for the, for the one following it um, has been lower. 
Um, but then they always rebounded after that. The one thing I can say about Apple in the long term, and there's no doubt they're going to face some disruptions in this area, which is going to affect iPhone sales, is that they are moving outside of China. And I'll give you an example. Um, I, Apple produces its supplier report a year later. So we're getting 2021 figures. Around 51% of their supply of their iPhones were out of China. That's down from 60% the year before. Uh, so they are starting to move production out of China to try to ease these issues. But there's no doubt that this is a disruption to this company and is a disruption to their sales and will probably feed into the next quarter's earnings. But if you look at the long term, they've always bounced back the next quarter and they are making some long term moves to improve those logistic uh, issues. All right. Thank you very much for your time. That was Jack Cousy. He is Director for Strategy at VFS Group, telling us that Apple will bounce back regardless of this short-term shortfall of uh, iPhones. Uh, market saying 6 million. Jack saying he read a report, 15 million shortfall. Mm. Not great when you're considering that the fact that we're heading into crazy shopping season, right? Holiday season. Everybody usually wants an iPhone for Christmas. So do I. Uh, but I might not get one. Firstly, nobody's going to buy it for me. Secondly, <laughs> even if there was somebody going to buy for me, I might not be able to get stock. But you know what? The street doesn't really care. They still like this name, albeit it is down 20% on the year-to-date basis because the analysts that cover it, let me have a quick look, currently 37 buys only. One uh, one sell and eight holes. Consensus target price for this stock, 176 US dollars. This morning is down three three dollars to 141 dollars and 17 cents. Yeah, but Apple doesn't really have a very good reputation with gravity. Remember Newton? So it'll always fall. I don't believe in that. Apple is one thing. Okay, Apple the stock is not like Apple the fruit. Somehow it has defied gravity. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, having said that as well, uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that there is also, uh, we, we're not seeing that same uh, 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 supply chain issue that we used to see in, uh, that we saw in the, the lead up to Christmas season 2021, mm. where there was a backlog of, of uh, trucks and ships outside of Los Angeles port uh, for one that's causing a lot of delays. Now the delay seems to be more on the production side. Yeah, uh, but you know, I think we all are going to adjust, which is why Apple is looking at producing outside of China. Yeah, I think Jack also mentioned he likes uh, Google and Microsoft and the rally really depends on the big caps, which is normally the case. The big caps normally lead in terms of the index and then subsequently we have the smaller cap names that actually follow suit. He does like the semicon sector, but what I found interesting is um, his take on the China market. And I think overnight there was news that China miraculously stepped up their vaccination for uh, uh, citizens over 80 and apparently it's now... The booster shots have reached about 67%. And if I read correctly, it was uh, 40-plus percent in mid-November. So miraculously, it's up by 20-plus percent in the span of less than a month. Only China can do that. But that, that inhaling vaccine um, method that they were using is not in, uh, in, in the, in the uh, rollout yet, right? No. And also, they're not really using mRNA vaccines MRNA, at, the yeah. mo- at the moment. But I think we'll be watching this space. But the point is... Boring is good. Boring can help you make money. So do consider the big te- big cap tech stocks. Up next, we'll cover the top stories in the newspapers and portals. Stay tuned for that. BFM 89.9. The World Market Watch is brought to you by CIMB Preferred. Moving forward with you. Visit cimbpreferred.com.my for their preferential services beyond banking. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.